Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Our careers to date have been as marketers first. But today, both of us find ourselves in positions of also being founders and leaders of our own companies. With this experience in mind, we wanted to explore what it means to build a marketing first organization and the implications of this for how we grow our businesses. I'm Joe Glover, founder of The Marketing Meetup, a global community that connects and educates over 20,000 marketers in the most lovely way possible. Everything we do, we do it to put the human beings we help first. I'm Richard Wood. I lead the marketing agency Six and Flow. I've worked in marketing for around 19 years now, and I'm a massive believer in that marketers should be trying to engage with people on a human level, not just treating them as leads and numbers in a spreadsheet. Maybe it's because I'm a marketer, but for me, marketing has always felt like the main driver in growth. Don't get me wrong, without sales and without great products or customer service, growth is going to be limited, but marketing has always felt like the real driver. But growing a business, it's not all about marketing. So how do we balance being a founder and a marketer? And should marketers really be founders? Have Joe and I chosen the wrong path? You decide. <laughs> God, Joe, I'm throwing this one to you first. So how do you feel about... So you've, you've built a business based around bringing a community of marketers and you were a marketer and I don't think you could have positioned it as being much more of a marketing first entity. Like how do you, how do you feel all this fits together? Um, well, I think it's interesting. So I think I think the biggest thing to say about my experience as a marketer is probably in how I've gone about targeting uh, folks. So in fact, you, you sort of said it in your, your question there. I couldn't have built it more around a bunch of marketers than what I did, really. You know, it's called the Marketing Meetup. The events are about marketing. We spoke about marketing, you know, highlight examples of that. It is truly an organization for marketers. Um, and I, I think that probably is the biggest part of what we've done that sort of represents the marketing view on the world. It's based around a, a certain set of people, a certain set of problems, um, and an experience which they've all experienced at some point in their time, whether it's through education or the need for connection. So I would say that's probably been the biggest part of the marketing meter growth in terms of how we've approached it as a business um, and as a marketer. It always felt quite natural, I guess. You know, I didn't actually start marketing me up with that sort of like super tight focus in mind or anything like that. It was always just like a solution to a problem. But I think over the course of time, it's probably had a a, a broader set of implications than I was even aware aware of at the moment. So yeah, I, I, actually, that's that's probably the first thing I'd say. I was actually solving a problem when I started off, and then I became more of a marketer over the course of time with the business. Um, I probably never really approached it 
as a marketer first time around. How about you? How would you sort of say that your journey sort of started in, in sort of building Six and Flow out? So it, like, yeah, I like, I like the fact that you said you started off with like solving a problem because the, the problem I initially set out to solve is I, I, I didn't enjoy my job. I didn't enjoy the role I was in. I felt like we were, um, we were building an agency, not in the image of how I wanted an agency or thought you could get the best out of an agency. So we were selling to the wrong type of clients and the, the, we had high team churn, high client churn, and it just wasn't, wasn't a, an environment that I was enjoying. So it was about the same time that my daughter, my first uh, child and my daughter was due. Um, so I did the smart thing and quit my job and I was just going to go into consultancy and like the problem that I was solving for that was for me, like I wanted to be, I wanted to be working in an environment that I felt empowered in and also was enjoying the work again. Cause I love marketing, but I just wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then that one client who was a guy that I, my first client, who was a guy I used to play rugby with, he was then like, well, you're telling us what to do. Can't you just do it for us as well? And then it kind of spiraled into an agency. And then it very quickly became the problem I wanted to solve was I wanted to create a, I wanted to create an agency that if I didn't own it, I'd want to work for it. And that became mm-hmm. like the, the, the blueprint of like the early stages of the agency. Yeah. And, and like, we still have that now, but it's now become a kind of, okay, we've created that. Now we have to maintain it while we grow it. So it kind of, it shifts the goalpost, but you kind of get the idea. Now for me, like, because I was a marketer and am a marketer for all my sins, <laughs> it's like, I've always approached it in, I guess, almost like the image or perception of who we are as an agency. So like the early days I was obsessed with, okay, how do we make ourselves look bigger than we are? How do we attract the bigger clients? How do we how do we share that internal vision, that team vision, so that we can hire the right people? And I think that's that's one of the things that we did well, particularly the early stages, is we market ourselves for the team members. We had a like a sense of excitement. People wanted to be involved with like this plucky upstart that was <laughs> kind of ruffling feathers. Like that that was a kind of the mentality that we have and like had and still have so we're start one of one of my goals for this year is and and kind of following years is to maintain that challenger brand ethos while even if we become the incumbent and yeah. that's that's kind of one of my goals. and it all for me that all folds back into marketing and positioning um so i think I've I've kind of leveled out being a founder. I don't I never really think about myself being a founder. Like it's not no. something I associate with. But I've leveled out being a marketer and a founder because I think marketing, particularly in the stuff that we do, people want to work with a marketing agency that can do marketing. And if you can market yourself effectively, it's kind of like the proof is in the pudding. They want they want what you're doing. And that's kind of how we've done it. And as we've grown it kind of changes the way that marketing then fits into that bubble. Yeah, yeah. So that's really interesting because um, you you mentioned never really fitting into that that founder title and stuff like that. And I think I've always found a lot more comfort in the title of a founder than I have in the comfort of like a CEO. And and the reason why I found that interesting was because you also said about. Um, marketing six and flow at the initial stages is almost being bigger than than what you were so like 
did, was that an advantageous thing at the beginning of of you know the six and flow journey and would you do it again if you if you had your time again would you sort of look to build up that sort of we're bigger than we are impression and therefore i guess the second half of the question for me is like when it comes to titles and stuff like that do you identify as a, as a ceo now or do you identify as an architect so i guess that, that title that being bigger than being bigger than we are like not in terms of like we're not hoodwinking people but you want to give people confidence so we were a new agency we didn't have any client case studies that we can rely on we had to give people confidence that they were making the right choice mm-hmm. um and that's that's how like if you can market a perception of size or maturity that mm-hmm. will give people confidence so that's what we used to do in the, the early stages. Now we have those case studies. We have the big marquee client brands that we can shout about. So we don't need to do that anymore, but yeah. we still compete against. So there's there's 30, uh, there's about 30 of us in the agency. There'll be like just shy of 40, probably the end of this year. Like mm-hmm. it's, so we've got growth. We're a decent size agency now. Like it's not a, like a, a small kind of shop anymore, but we're competing against agencies who have, 80 100 120 like there are bigger agencies but size doesn't mean that you deliver better work and if you speak to a lot of people typically when they work with a bigger agency if you work with like one of the big brand name agencies like the ones that come to mind i won't name them (laughs) but the like typically what they'll do is they'll they'll wheel out senior team members for the pitch and then they'll deliver with juniors and you're you're paying for the brand than you are necessarily the work that's being delivered, but that's an entirely mm-hmm. side story. But mm-hmm. the with your question around like founder and title, I've always associated founder with like tech startup. Like that's how yeah. in my mind's eye, that's how I perceive it. Yes, yes, I founded a company, but yeah. I don't think founder is necessarily how I would position like the journey that I've gone through. I, I started <laughs> a business and then I started like I've never had the CEO title um it's the managing director title that I've always sat with within Six and Flow um and how part of that is because of size because in the UK I think for a, a UK business to justify having a CEO I think you either have to be trading overseas and trading with america because then ceo makes more sense yeah or you have to be a certain size and we're just not at that size yeah, yeah, yeah. we do trade with america um and the like for british business the way that i see it is that you will typically have a, like an md is more inward focused so like you're mm. looking at the structure of the business how you build the business internally like all those kind of pieces yeah. ceo is more outward focused so you can have both within the same business but the CEO would be more outward focused. Now you could argument, or you could argument, you could argue, <laughs> you could argue that my role now is entirely outward focused. Like I have some very talented people on the team. So our leadership team do a lot of like the actual like business stuff now. I'm just the eye candy at the top of the, the pyramid now. Um, and you do that so well. <laughs> I, I do do that so well. And like, and that that is effectively my role is is that that brand positioning, the culture, and like the direction of the business but actually the running of the business is less and less about me now um and that's that's the difference i see and i think we will make that transition where i will become ceo and we because we are trading more heavily in north america now so it does make more sense for us right that's interesting and it's interesting though as well because like you you speak about your role as an ambassador for the business and and your vision for the business as well when you when you started at the beginning and you said that one of the key roles that you were doing was actually marketing 
for talent in effect you were looking to bring in the most talented people and it's quite clear that that's paid off over the course of time because you've already spoken about that transition but when you compare that to how i initially spoke about it sort of like it it does feel like you were more inwardly focused you were focused on sort of marketing yourself to talent rather than customers necessarily yeah. so did you find that the way you built your business that you were that was a conscious thing that you know the customers will come and they would be the right fit because you found the right talent rather than the other way around so my my view on on business in general is that like clients will come and go like it's a fad, sad fact of life is that you will win a client and hopefully you will have that relationship for multiple years but eventually they will probably go or like mm -hmm. it's it's the exception rather than the rule um, yeah. eventually like we have some great client relationships multi-year relationships that and that's great but like there is a level of kind of coming and going with clients the team mm -hmm. you put so much time effort and resource into growing them and to um like uh developing them making sure that they understand like the systems you use how you like like what is the culture and all of those things that go into them they're huge investment mm -hmm. and for me the team is way more important than the end customer and that's the way that we position that so don't get me wrong if any of our clients are listening to this it doesn't mean you're not important but the way that we position that and that we justify that and we have this discussion with clients like we're not hiding behind it but we position ourselves as being a team first agency and by that i mean if any agency ever says that they are client first mm -hmm. they are full of shit because agencies do not exist for like just to make the clients happy and just to put them for, they are businesses. They are businesses who have to make money to survive. Mm -hmm. And quite often the client's need will be at a juxtaposition with what the agency's needs are. So if you are clients, if you are truly clients first, then often that's not gonna work. That relationship isn't gonna work. Mm -hmm. So the way that we position it is that we go away, we find the right team. So we are clear with our values, we are clear with our culture, we have a recruitment process that is super long but is designed to make sure that everybody is a good fit. And mm -hmm. then with that, we have the right team who can deliver work to the standard that we know that we can and should. And then we find the clients to fit that team. So we have like a, a no dickhead policy for both team and clients. And like we have to believe with clients. So we had a, um, we talk about it less now actually, but one of our mainstay points, and it was a big part of our marketing, not necessarily like um, uh, like the way that we would pitch ourselves um, to clients. It wouldn't be like an outward piece of marketing, but the way that we would market ourselves to clients would be, we have a three prong approach to working with the clients. We have to believe that we can offer real value. We have mm -hmm. to believe in your product and service and you can't be a dickhead. Like that was our, like you had to pass that test before we yeah. would work with you. Right. So we've we've exited client relationships that weren't a good fit or we weren't a good fit. So we, we don't feel like we can deliver what you need. So therefore like this isn't gonna work for you. It's not gonna work for us. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, it's part of, I think that's a delivery thing, but it's also a marketing thing because that all feeds back into that. Because if, if you build up a client relationship that can be one of the most detrimental things to your marketing because you mm -hmm. will then have a detractor in the market and it will, yeah. one detractor, it takes 10 
promoters. I was trying to think of the, the opposite to detractor. <laughs> then it takes ten promoters to negate what is happening from that detractor. So that's why you have to be super careful. But it all plays back into how that's being positioned in the marketing sphere. And I think that's one of the things that I've always tried to do is, and I think maybe sometimes too much is, how can I turn this into marketing? We did great work for that client. How can I turn it to marketing? We've just hired yeah. this great team member. How can I turn that to marketing? We have an incredible um, like ops team and focus in our recruitment process. How does that feed back into our marketing? Yeah. And and also, and like you were touching on it before, is there's two strands to that marketing. It's client acquisition, team acquisition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's fascinating, dude. You know, like I feel like... It's just going to turn into an interview, but you know, I'm so interested in the like the way you've grown your business is really, really interesting. It seems like it's been super thoughtful and purposeful. It's a shame that you've got the don't don't be a dickhead rule because I guess you had to move away from client work really, really quickly. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to practice what you preach. But uh, I guess. Uh... <laughs> so I had a panel interview a couple of years back with the IOD uh, Director of the Year Award. So we'd already like done a submission for it. So like here's our numbers, here's the goals, and kind of like went through all that that spiel of like here is how we position ourselves being team first, and they they got me up on the panel interview and were like, okay, so here's your numbers. A, we don't think you can achieve those numbers in this in this time frame. And like to me, that's like red flag to a ball. Because yeah, as yeah. soon as somebody tells me no, I'm like, I yeah. fucking will. <laughs> yeah. and, and we did. And But I also called him out. I was like, look, I'll tell you what, if I hit those numbers, you have to buy me dinner. And, <laughs> but so, and so like that was part of it. But then they also said, the question they said to me was, okay, you talk about being team first and you have this no dickhead policy. And I was like, yeah, that's right. And they were like, so what happens when um you've said no to all these clients that have been dickheads and you run out of clients and you like yeah. you've got nobody to work with anymore and i was like well obviously at that point i'll reevaluate my fucking stance <laughs> on this because i'd rather work with dickheads than have to fire my team however yeah. i'm going to fight the good fight until that actually becomes an issue For and sure. like thankfully we've never had to i think in our entire existence we've maybe had to end relationships with maybe four clients on that basis maybe mm -hmm. five um and they were just either toxic relationships or we just didn't feel like we could add the value that they needed. Mm. Um, and it's, I think there's, it works for both sides that if, if you've got, if you've got an open and honest relationship and you've got like team members who you trust to be able to spot those things. So if a team member mm. comes to me and is like, Rich, I don't feel like we can deliver on this. I take yeah. that super seriously. Like, there's there's some decisions that we have to like dig into more you have to be aware that actually maybe it's a personal thing maybe we have to move this around with the teams but mm -hmm. actually it's pretty it's pretty clear when you've spent all that time found the right people if they're saying that there's a problem there is going to be a problem yeah yeah yeah. no well you know that yeah and I, I think there's 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 something there as well which is you know that interview question what happens when you know you've you've found or you decided to work with every dickhead and you decided to say no, you know, there's a bunch of really, really lovely people out there that when you find the right fit, you know, the relationship sings. And I think that's, it's ridiculous to me that I don't think any one company in the entire world, even if it's Apple or Google, they haven't captured the entire market. You know, there's enough business out there for all types of companies to deal with all types of people at any stage of the business in, in whatever it may be. 
people this is also one of the gripes that i have about sort of like content marketing and stuff like that is that folks are like oh i don't want to give away my secrets in case people copy it's it's not the same thing because people have got different target markets different executions different personalities different personnel you know with all within all of these there's there's opportunities there is enough business out there and if you've taken the time to define your target market in the way that you have whether that's based on industry or whether that's based on personality traits then there's enough of that business out there to grow a very very sizable business um and not have to worry about working with the people you don't want to i think there's people forget the other, well i'll give you an example the other day i was on on a, a call the other day it was a it was a training workshop and it was a cohort of about 80 people on the call or something like that and i felt like an alien because i was the only person there who wasn't bothered about getting a ton of funding to grow my business you know i wanted to grow my business to to support a lifestyle that makes my wife and i happy that means that we can help people you know it's, it's not bonkers things but it was not money for money's sake i think there was just a really odd thing where you know, we, we had this ambition to grow the business. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. For that reason, and, and, and everyone else was just all about funding. And, and so I think there's lots of ways and means of doing these things, but people do need to remember that you're not just doing it for the money a lot of the time. You're also That's, doing it um, for reasons. It's, it's almost like different people have different levels of self qualification as in like what are what are your qualifiers for success like personal mm. success and so many people out there like and typically people with the title founder mm. because they want to be seen as that person that started something and i absolutely want to be seen as somebody who started the agency that's it's one of my drivers but yeah. i think there's a lot of people out there who are going all right, my my qualification for success here is that I've managed to like bring in a bunch of money and investment. And because somebody's invested in me, I've ticked the box. I'm in the $100 million investment club. But actually, you're going to walk away with like fuck all of your company at the end yeah, of it. For um, sure. 
and that's 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 the difference and um uh what's his name Rand Fishkin in his uh, lost and founder book talks about yes. it where he was like if you've got somebody who owns a hundred percent of of their like 20 million dollar company and you've got somebody who owns five percent of their hundred million dollar company like yeah. think about <laughs> this like it's yeah. It, it's those kind of things that but I, but it's it comes down to like what is your what are, what are your drivers and this is actually so i wrote a pretty deep and very long email newsletter this week um to the point that my wife was even like well that was pretty deep and i'm not i'm not a kind of a, a deep person um oh we well, know we yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what you see is what you get and most of it's on the surface yeah thanks joe but um like it was all about like why like what is your why what is what is the thing that drives you mm. and i think that it plays back into the marketing stuff again because our particularly in our early days the our why i wanted to create an agency that if i didn't own it i'd want to work for it that was my why that was what i wanted to create and i like hung my hat on it, it was my my flag in the sand yeah. and that's what we were aiming for and i was i kind of like that was heart on the sleeve stuff. Like here's the story of why I got to that point and blah, 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 blah. And over time that's changed. And I've, I've really, really struggled more recently. How do I articulate my way? Like, what is my why? Like I'm saying why a lot, but like, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's the mission there? And I had a great um, uh, interview with um, Gori Yahar, who is the uh, MD of Upskill Digital, who basically like they help people um, upskill on like tech tools and things like that to help them make them more employable and that kind of stuff. And his mission is to help people from um, marginalized um, uh, groups to like upskill and uh, become more employable, help break glass ceilings, stuff like that. And it, it's great. And I was listening to him, I was like, fuck, you are way cooler than I am. <laughs> and and I was like, but but what is my why? And then I got onto a clubhouse with Dave Gerhardt and, on Friday night. And I was like, do you know what? Like everybody's asking me all these like, oh, how do I look at uh, ROI? Should I rebrand this and shit like that? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck it. I was like, Dave, what's your why? Why do you do all this shit? You've got like a job, a podcast, your group. Why are you doing it? And he was like, um and i was like you could see it was like a change of pace because i could all of a sudden gone deep yeah. and he was like well like he was like obviously i want my family to be provided for and have a great life and stuff like that and he was like but i actually really enjoy the process um yeah. and like what i'm doing and i was like i'm fucking so glad somebody said that because <laughs> i beat myself up because the reason i like my why like I, the reason i struggle to articulate it is because my why is basically i'm super competitive like that that interview I had with the IOD, like I ended up getting the award, but like that interview, like fuck the award, I couldn't care less about it. Like now yeah, yeah. it's made no difference to my career or the growth of the business. But what that interview, it it put a fire under my ass because I was like, I am going to fucking beat you. Like, yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. like yeah. watch yeah. me now. That's and that's, it. it's probably that one panel interview, it was one of the biggest driving forces I've ever had behind mm -hmm. the business. Um, and we, like, there's been a few of those like over the years, but that was the first. Yeah. Um, so like one of them is I'm competitive. The other is like, I just like building shit. Like I yeah. like creating, I like tinkering, I like doing it. So I enjoy the process. But yeah. then I started to dig down into it a, bit, a little bit more. And I was like, actually, I really like, uh, the part of that building is I like seeing people grow. I like being part of somebody's growth journey. I, I would love it if like in 10, 20 years, people look back and go, 
I actually rich like helped in some small way like that small piece of my career or whatever like i'd love that to be part of the story and i think that's the driver so now when i think about it like my drivers are it's a split i enjoy the process and as soon mm -hmm. as the problem with that though is as soon as i stop enjoying the process i'll stop wanting yeah. to do it yeah, yeah but yeah. the overarching piece is that actually i like building i like seeing growth and i like like the people element of that so so I've got like an overarching mission, but I enjoy the process along the way. And that's starting to feed back into our marketing because I've now realized that my why doesn't have to be the same as our business why. Like it doesn't, they have to align. They have yeah. to, my why has to support the business why because otherwise I'm pointing in the wrong direction, but I'm meant to be leading the company. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So now I've realized that actually my why can be divergent to yeah. the business or like running in parallel but it doesn't have to be the same thing and that you can see is starting to come through in the marketing because now actually and it's stupid because we're a team first agency and i've only just it like it was literally as i was writing my newsletter over the weekend it dawned on me and i was like there's now like 30 people in the agency mm. our why is much bigger than me like yeah. it is i can feed into it i can support it but like we exist for something that is out of my out of my hands now and that's do you know what it's a couple of years ago that was scared the shit out of me i'd be like yeah. no i'm losing control but now i'm like yeah. it's cool because i planted the seed watered it for a bit and now like watching it grow do you like the gardening analogy there fuck i am yeah. middle age <laughs> <laughs> that's great though that's so so interesting you know if, if i was to relate my own experience then i think with the marketing meetup then i've always had it kind of feels like the marketing meetup is a is a vehicle for my personal why um so to think that it's kind of sits separate is actually a, is is really lovely to hear um and i think it probably also helps in that process of separating your life from your business to a certain extent because i think one of the things that i've struggled with over the past 18 months or so is that my mood is is representative on how the marketing meetup has done that day you know and and if we get loads of signups now i'm feeling great if the webinar goes great you know i'm like yeah you know and then if you know i have a bad conversation at work or whatever of course you know i'm going to take it personally because you know people do but i take it that extra level personal because it's also representative of the marketing meetup. so that's that's really really fascinating mate thank you, you thank you for sharing that you're welcome joe you're welcome um <laughs> you know the other really interesting um thing that gory said on the uh, linkedin live on friday was that um like we were talking about that like that balance between um work and and home life and he's just had a baby as well and we were like kind of just talking around that and he was saying he was like look we're like we're entrepreneurs like we started a business we, we spotted a gap in the market we've started businesses he's like you never truly detach like it, you will always be thinking like there will be you will be sitting on the couch with your lovely wife you'll be watching something and there will be something in the back of your brain being like oh fuck yeah i should really do that with that that yeah, email yeah. template or what if i try this with my my lovely introduction where i make people feel warm and fuzzy like there is something always ticking away you cannot turn that off like and if you if you can turn that off then you are far wiser and smarter than me and i question whether or not you are truly into it but the <laughs> But like the the point with that is, and I, I said this to him, I was like, where I am now is that I can now, I, I can never switch that shit off, always thinking, mm. always. And it, it is a drain and like, not a drain as in it, there is an, an energy level that gets sapped out. And yeah. like, 
family unfortunately pay the the price for that because sometimes you're not entirely present you might be physically present but not mentally present and i i that is me like through and through a lot unfortunately however what i am better at now is i can switch off the the day-to-day like trudgery shit like basically and i said to gary i was like i can basically turn off the bits i don't like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but like i'm still thinking about okay we want to grow into this so like last week i was working on all of our growth plans and targets for the next five years and trying to map out what that looks like in a sales team and i find that super interesting because i'm like yeah but if we do this bit or if we change this metric in like it with like all that kind of stuff yeah but but what i don't like doing is basically anything involves like finance or invoicing or yeah, like yeah. That. so i i can i can not think about that and i've got people in the team who are like way better than on us and that's yeah. that's with that's how i feel like my my role so coming back to the overarching question and it's like the balance between like and journey between founder and, and uh, like marketer and where that sits i think i started as a marketer right so I was marketing the business. I was all about the marketing. I had to do some admin shit in the background, but the, I was I was marketing for clients and for the agency. And then it became, fuck, I'm now running a business. And now I'm like, I'm doing all these bits. Like I'm like, we're building cultures, we're building processes. And like, I am not a process person. And it is very like, I can do it, but it, it takes a lot of energy. And so now we have people that are doing all those bits and pieces and, blah 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 blah, and but now i think that journey has progressed from like market at the beginning nd in the middle mm-hmm. and now i feel like i'm kind of stepping back into the marketing piece so like which is like i feel like i'm not full circle but now i feel like i've i've done that bit in the middle and where mm-hmm. i can add most value back into the company mm-hmm. is by focusing on the marketing piece now we have um a great marketer khadija who is focusing on our marketing like that's her job she markets us now and that's one of those step changes in the agency like one of them is um like bringing in a dedicated salesperson bringing in dedicated like ops person bringing in dedicated uh, marketing like all those things make a change in the agency and like the growth trajectory and um now that we've got her in uh enroll there I can focus on other pieces of the marketing. So like we, you and I spend a lot of time doing the podcast, like we're doing mm-hmm. LinkedIn lives, we've got webinars and running newsletters, like that kind of stuff and focusing on client relationships and like strategic clients, that stuff. And mm-hmm. that's where I can add the most value now. So mm-hmm. I feel like to answer this question, I feel like I've almost gone like marketing MD, marketing quasi strategist. <laughs> I don't fuck. I have no idea what I do anymore. It almost sounds like an ambassador, really. You know, you know, you're you're you're, you're the ambassador for Six and Flow in, in a Jesus, way. Jesus, that sounds know. even more twatty than founder. Yeah. <laughs> well, you won't put it on your LinkedIn, but in, in terms of a description of the role, then you know, you're 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 ambassador. You, you you're not you're not necessarily doing the thing. You're you're speaking about the thing. You're dropping in on the strategy stuff, but you're not. You know, you're not in in drift you know configuring stuff except for your own interest you know that you have because you're naturally curious about this sort of stuff but it's not your job to do that necessarily it's not my job to do that but i'm constantly building and tweeting (laughs) i I must drive the team nuts because they're like oh fuck he's changed something again (laughs) Uh, i I tell you what though i I will to do that experience then i've quite recently had a couple of conversations uh one with a dev and another with an seo um where I fully feel, you know, like how everyone kind of thinks their boss is a bit of an idiot. Like I can feel that sort of vibe coming, you know, when 
you've got a little bit of knowledge to be dangerous, but like uh, not the worst kind of client. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and like I can ask, my, I can feel myself asking those questions where I would be rolling my eyes internally. And uh, yeah, I mean, I imagine that the rest of the team probably does hate hate us you know in a way um but in another way I'm, I'm sure they're grateful potentially hopefully i don't know maybe that is the time that you sort of start bringing in specialists though and saying rather than saying tell me about this thing it's go and do this thing you know because i need your help um which That's, the ideal position is to get to the point where you go like here is what i want us to achieve yeah go and go and do what you can to get us to that point like I, like if you want if you want support i'll support you but like mm. my ideal my ideal now is for me to go here's what where i want us to get to go away and like figure out how we're going to get there and do it yeah yeah and that's trust and that's the team and you know it's everything the culture that you've built up over the years it's all coming into play at the same time isn't it that you know you've you've created this thing and and that's the place where people can operate within that system and then they can go 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 and do those things and and i guess I've always had a bit of a discomfort in, in also saying, go and do this thing, you know, because it, it feels like directive. But I guess, you know, if, as long as there's a why behind it, you know, which is we're trying to achieve this thing. How do you think you can fit into it and, and deliver on this? Then I guess that's probably the way you put it, is it? But you're not you're not really being directive, though, if you're saying, like, Here, here's where we want to where we want to get to. And mm. here is like you're not telling them how to do it. You're not True. dictating that piece. You're just saying like here's where i want us to end up mm. you figure out the journey to get there yeah and that's that's empowering particularly in a marketing context because like yes i've got marketing ideas some of them are questionable but <laughs> like it's like i can i can feed into that stuff but i'm i am just one person in a team of 30 odd and yeah. like my ideas will only ever appeal to like my my background or the way that i market and the people who would be receptive to the way that i market mm. now and this comes back to that whole thing i'm obsessed with us building a cognitively diverse team because then we will actually deliver great work that appeals to people who aren't me and that's that's where we need to get to that's across the board ethnicity age gender education all of these things come into that diversity and that's what we need to build out spot on i love it mate I, i'm probably going to be running out of time so like um but you know like i know that's a thank you for sharing but genuinely like i i feel enriched for that because you know i'm on the journey i'll probably say that i know that you've only been sort of running six and flow it's like five years this year is it be six years this year actually Yes. So you've only been running it a year longer than I've been doing the marketing yet, but I think you're a lot further on that journey than I am. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's, there's been an awful lot there, which, which should help me along my, my own journey as well. So but, uh, we're only further along because we started in a different path because you start, you mm -hmm. didn't start to create a business. It became no. a business. It was a labor of love that turned into a business because you saw there was an opportunity there. So, mm you've built something you've actually built your business quicker than i have if you take it from the point that you pivoted into it being a business so there you go mate there's a bit of uh yeah. ego rob <laughs> but now that's also pissed me off because i'm like that motherfucker is is growing his business faster than i am <laughs> i don't know i i, 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 don't. I will destroy you <laughs> <laughs> this is just like your, your your attempt at bringing me down isn't it yeah <laughs> get me embroiled in some controversy <laughs>
I love it. Well, I, I appreciate that. And like, you know, before to give a backstage view uh, to, to the folks listening, then then um, usually we write down some talking points for each session, just so we've got an idea of where we're going with things. But through that conversation, then we kind of just tick them all off as we've gone. So uh, that's that's really nice. So good session, mate. So um, so Joe and I are going to take a, a a couple weeks off. I think so. We um, the next couple of weeks we are going to like pick a couple of our favourites uh, episodes. Although Joe, I have no idea which ones they are. I totally forget about after we've had our conversations. But anyway, <laughs> we'll we're going to pick out a couple of our favourites and uh, put them up as replays, and then we're going to come back with our third season, three yeah. seasons in, Joe. Mad, nice. nice. It's good effort. It, it would be nice to know if anyone's got any favourite episodes that we could put out again. Although, um, so yeah, drop Richard message because <laughs> that's what everyone does. Nobody messages me. <laughs> Your mum messages me. See ya. <laughs> so yeah, thanks very much and uh, thank you for listening. Do drop us a review. Um, Rich's supposed T-shirts are on the way, so. Uh, they're fucking coming, I swear to God. I did have a little <laughs> argument with the uh, people that were supplying them, but it's coming. Really? <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing them too. It's a big mystery to me. <laughs> so, it's uh, just on the back, they just say Joe's a dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lads on tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dino. <laughs> just on the yeah. back. <laughs> oh, it's Dino. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, I appreciate that, mate. And, and good catching up and uh yeah we'll listen soon see you in season three bye